This is TSN 1200. All right, welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, welcome to it. 7.14 on, yes, this Monday morning, a Monday morning after the time change weekend, a Monday morning after the time change weekend when we spring <laughs> forward, which means you lost an hour of sleep on the weekend, which means your circadian rhythms are super off this morning. So if you do something really stupid, or in our case, say something really stupid, it can be excused by fatigue. But only for today. This is not, la- and pa- and it doesn't go past noon. It's like no. April Fools. Yeah. Okay. You're allowed to have brain fartiness until noon. After that, it's over. Done. Yeah. No more. And the part that includes out- you, Simmer. Yeah. Looking outside, Jerry. Seven fourteen. It's so dark out there. So yeah, I think that. Well, for anybody, it's really part of the darkness. Into that song, the immediate flashback of how is that possible that Rick Monday would hit a home run on a Monday. And every time I hear that song, that's all I think about is driving to the Leitra Marine as a kid after my Montreal Expos and uh, uh, Mr. Rogers came in and uh-huh. gave up the old uh, home run. That's always a like memory the, for that song. You would like the words to that uh, song changed to, I don't like Rick Monday. Well, I don't. Well, how is it possible that a guy by the name of Rick Monday hit a home run on a Monday to beat a baseball team? And uh, now <laughs> that uh, forever known as Blue Monday, <laughs> exactly, right? In the minds exactly, of uh, Expo yeah. fans. But we, why bring the starter pitching pitcher in <laughs> to pitch for that game? But All anyways, right. yeah. Uh, Dave Poulin is set to join us in an hour from now, our TSN Hockey Insider. Dave was on the uh, panel last night uh, for the uh, Sens-Calgary game, so uh, we'll have uh, lots of insight from him, and we'll get to uh, back to uh, our thoughts on the Sens 5-1 loss in just a second. Uh, there was tons going on uh, yeah, on the weekend uh, yesterday. And last night. So not only was the Sens game going on at 9 o'clock, it was also the uh, season finale of The Last of Us. Very popular show that uh, people were tuned into. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Oscars. Mm-hmm. The Oscars were last night as well, to which uh, now Matty Valls is sitting in for Hammer this week. You were throwing an Oscar party. You and your wife, Chelsea. Went to an Oscar party. Oh, went party. to an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Our friends Curtis and Jill hosted. Yes. What was the final calculation on people? Because you weren't sure if it was a six there, or eight. Or... There were the six of us. Okay. okay. So and the other friends, people Samantha and David. Didn't get invited. Okay. Uh, no were... bonus. No bonus, too. Like What was the menu? Oh, we had all sorts of stuff. Uh, okay. I made a seven-layer dip. We had uh, like a jackfruit brisket. Um, there, there oh, was hang a, on a what? So a brisket, but uh, a lot of vegetarians. Oh, oh, so okay. instead of uh, a beef brisket, oh. it was made with jackfruit, oh. which actually was excellent. It was. Uh, I'm not a big, oh, you know, vegetarian substitute guy, but yeah. if I'm going to, jackfruit is the way to go. So Let me know went... next time you're having your jackfruit biscuit party. <laughs> won't be showing. <laughs> I like I think, my brisket beefy. I don't like my, I, no I, jackfruit. I think That's the fair. people that didn't end up getting invited <laughs> yeah. that were on the fence they dodged a bullet. are hearing this right <laughs> now and going, good, glad I oh, didn't go to that. <laughs> they assumed the vegetarian Jack- jackfruit brisket. No, it was excellent. Yeah. It, it really was. You could do, I could, I'll do the cauliflower uh, deep fried, and that does all. It's amazing how that could actually taste like a Yeah, we had meat. a buffalo cauliflower dip that okay. was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, there was some meat, some charcuterie. Does this involve getting dressed up, by the way? No, okay. no. This time no, it was. Top hat and tails or something. No, ridiculous. there there were pajamas. So I showed okay. up in sweats and my old Allen all in Sens T shirt. Um, oh, David yes. David okay. brought his bathrobe. It was uh, yeah. it was a very comfortable. Anything under? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't don't worry about that. Oh, I'm not worried. I now the Oscars go on forever. Yeah, it was long. And you knew you were getting up early. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't stay for the whole thing. Did no, you? we made it right to the end. But oh. I started. Ta- so we all filled out sheets where we tried to predict the winners. And 
Jill and Curtis as hosts yeah. provided. There was a medal and a little statuette for the winner. Wow. And uh, so I finished tied for second last with nine out of 23 Solid. correct guesses. Solid. Um, Chelsea, who, my, my beautiful, amazing wife, 20 of 23. What? So she absolutely destroyed the competition. She correctly picked 20 of the 23 winners last night. Like, to have 23 different categories, like, was there one for, like, best costume designer in an international film? I know, just costume and hairstyle, I believe. (laughs) And she she nailed that? She did. Uh, I'm trying to remember the ones she missed. She missed one of the, maybe, like, documentary short. Um, and then she's allowed. Yeah. And she picked two even where he didn't actually know what, what was even in the category. Oh, I, I'd be very acceptable. I picked, Hammer was in it. The documentary short. I, <laughs> I picked a couple just based on the, uh, the names of the, the, the documentaries. Yeah. The best way. And so didn't go well. For everything, me. everywhere, all at once, pretty much won all of the major categories, except for best actor and best actress, including. No, it did win Best Actress. Best Actress. Okay. So, um, including Best Picture. Yep. I have not seen it. It's... It's on Prime now? I believe it's on Prime. You've seen it? I have seen it. And it is a movie. It's not a series? Correct. Okay. And is it... Like, am I... Should I tune it in now that it's won the Oscars Best Picture? Uh, sure. It's... It's... (laughs) Sure is not a... Oh my God! You've got to see this. I can't believe you haven't seen it. You got to get the recipe for the brisket as well, Jr. Wasn't have that tonight? It's all part of the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. Everything, everywhere, all at once was not my favorite film that I watched this year. But it had some moments. It had moments that were very funny. It was interesting. And uh, if you remember the kid from Goonies and Indiana Jones two, he um, he actually won. Uh, best Supporting Actor. Okay. And uh, when they won Best Picture, Harrison Ford made the announcement. And so it was like a little reunion between oh, yeah. him and Harrison Ford. And right. they yeah. had a great moment on stage that was one of the highlights of the night. His speech, I believe, that was the second award they gave last night. So it was very early on. And his speech was one of the highlights of the night. Um, and he was fantastic in it. A lot of the performances was great. The movie was just, in my opinion, a bit of a mess, a bit all over the place. But it had moments that were great. So okay. it's a little long. So that's why I wouldn't be rushing to recommend it. But it, it okay. was there's, there, there, your sort of tepid endorsement of it. Mm-hmm. And you just said it's a little long. Yeah. Uh, has, has sealed the deal that I'm not going to be watching this. That's movie. very fair. Okay. Thank you very much. Actually, what everybody is apparently, well, not apparently, because I actually watched it uh, last night, was Hugh Grant's. Uh, interview during the red carpet. Did you hear about this, Simmer? No. So he's, he's you know, it's the usual, uh, and he's being interviewed by Ashley Graham, who is a uh, a model, and she's doing the okay. usual okay. kind of. I heard they changed the red carpet. Yeah, it was a champagne carpet yeah. this okay. year. Well, I right. see I'm up on that. So, okay, Nicely what happened with you, done. Grant? Uh, well, she just, she was asking the typical questions of who are you here to see? And he was just had, he just was having none of it. Oh, okay. Right, he was okay. just. He was being, well, to the point where many people thought he was, we should replay it later in the show, but to the point where people thought he was actually kind of rude. I'll give her full marks for continuing to try, but, you know, she's asking questions that he has no interest in. And finally she asks, you know, like, what are you wearing? And he goes, a suit. So (laughs) you know when you get that answer that it's like, okay. He's done uh, some of his best work in LA back in the day, so. 
Yes, maybe he was, has. Maybe he was in a rush yeah. to go, go, go pick somebody up. Go around the corner a little bit, uh, as it were. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what a lot of people were talking about from the show. Oh, last okay, time, so. okay. Yeah. All right, anyway, there we go, 721. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Oscars were on, Last of Us was on, uh, the curling was on. We saw Brad Gushu win. He'll represent Canada here in Ottawa at the World Men's Curling Championship. So uh, that held some attention as well. Uh, the Sens, though, faced off at 9 o'clock. Uh, I had dubbed last night's game going into it, Simmer, as as close to a must-win as a must-win can be without being a must-win, given the fact yeah. that Ottawa had lost on Saturday night versus Vancouver, yeah. given the fact that uh, Pittsburgh had won their game, and, you know, a couple of teams had leapfrogged the Sens over the past a few days, and the murders row schedule that's uh, coming up uh, starting tomorrow night in Edmonton, it was kind of like this felt like against a somewhat struggling Calgary team like yeah. it needed to have this one. And I understand it was back-to-back, it's on the road, all that. Listen, you want to make the playoffs, you want to come from behind and make the playoffs, mm-hmm. you got to you gotta win games like last night. Yeah. Well, it did not happen. They gave up a shorthanded goal to uh, a, a, as the opener. Uh, then they were down 2 nothing after one. There was a little glimpse of hope. Backley puts it in front of the net, scores! Stutzla! The beneficiary of a turnover by the Flames, and it's a one-goal game. That happened early in the second period. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom and Michael Backlund got mixed up. The puck just popped free to uh, to Stutzler right in front of an empty net, and he backhands it in for his 32nd goal, and it's 2-1. to one. And while the Sens are being outplayed, you're thinking, okay, it's 2-1. to one. And then on the very next shift... Pinto oh, to the line, loses the puck. And now back the other way, a two-on-one. Centering pass, tipped and scored out of midair. The puck is tipped and redirected, and that is a beautiful play. As the puck was knocked out of midair by Huberdeau and over the shoulder of Mandelazy. That is some grade-A hand-eye coordination. It is, Dean, but it's just some grade-A sloppy play here by the second line of the Senators. There you go. There's uh, Dina Gord with the call here on TSN 1200. Yes, as you heard, that all uh, started with a turnover in the uh, neutral zone by mm-hmm. Shane Pinto's uh, Flames go back the other way mm-hmm. uh, and score on a Huberto uh, tip-in, and it was a beauty. But what a backbreaker that was. The sense had just gotten back into it, and you give up a goal on the next shift. Yeah. They really never threatened after that. No, and then when we have Pooley on, and God, he always has so many great things to say, and one of the ones, and having had him as a player and watched him for a long time, was the pride of being on the ice, whether you've scored a goal or given up a goal, and in a game where he had no business being in, and even the goal, it's funny, Stutz, you know you're having a good year when you're almost embarrassed that you scored, you know what I mean? You kind of put it in, but you're not really cheering. Uh, yeah, you didn't need that. Now, to have a play where you have some sauce that also goes off the defender and then knocked out of midair, some bad luck. But, yeah, you just can't end up having that happen. And and what I felt very differently uh, since the Chicago game, and, and not bad in some spots in Seattle, Jr., but certainly against Vancouver and Calgary, uh, it quite simply feels like the crew has run out of gas. And, and, that, and that can be solved. You know, you can have a day off and, you know, come back and play against Edmonton. There's not a lot of back-to-backs going on, but it just feels like there there's a real struggle there Saturday night where there was just a – a huge spacing in the game after the first 10 minutes where there wasn't much left. And, and last night, there was just a lot of tired hockey, a lot of mental mistakes made by the team. Yeah, we and, and we have this discussion, not just with hockey, but with any sport. When you're way behind in something and then you go on a run, there reaches a point where even though you're playing very well, often with a lot of teams where you do, you just, you, you run out of, you run out of physical gas, but oh, I think you sure. run out of mental gas uh, as well. And it feels like in the yeah. last couple of games, because that game very much 
had the feel of overall just for 60 minutes of a Sens team that was just just not. No, just, no. Just didn't have it. Just and, didn't have anything. Really. And, and what also happens in the ebbs and flows of a season, and I'll use the example in junior hockey, Jerry, a lot of times the guys go to a world junior, and then you come back, and they always say the hangover from that. You have all the ebbs and flows, and you certainly every team has low points in their year, maybe not Boston, uh, and everybody has high points. And it really feels like Saturday was like the peak of emotion and the building and the trade and everything happening was almost like your little Stanley Cup. And I go back to the Hamburglar run, there's no doubt, and I, I don't know how St. Louis, I guess they're just a better team, but what St. Louis overcame the year they were in last place, you had to win a cup. It very much when Ottawa made the playoffs that year, it felt like that was, like, okay, this is good. You know what I mean? We don't really need to go into the playoffs and win. And it's just interesting, some of the internal expectations, it almost felt like, hey, kind of satisfying on, uh, you know, we could go Saturday. And now all of a sudden, yeah, a little bit of the air has been uh, taken out. And we'll see what ends up happening here the rest of the way. The power play continues to be uh, an issue. Of course, it had been so good for all of the year and really carried uh, the Sens through a lot of, especially when they're when they're going really well, was how good the power play was going. But over the last six games, it's over, uh, has not scored a goal. Uh, and in fact, giving up shorthanded goals in each of the last three games, that's no good. No. Uh, over its last uh, 21. They did try to shake it up last night, move some pieces around. Brinkat was uh, moved off the top unit, and uh, Jake Chikrin was put on that. That didn't really seem to have much effect. So, um, you know, when when the five-on-five scoring has been, for the most part, not very good, uh, and the power play has been good, then the power play dries up if the five-on-five doesn't pick up, and the depth scoring has been an issue all year. Yeah. You get a recipe for what you got last night and what you got on the weekend, which was 5-2 and 5-1 loss. Yeah, and I, I don't care how good your power play is generally. Uh, you see some groups, and you know you see at times where the Boston trio up front, it's almost like they're on another level, and you can see that with top clubs, Tampa Bay, Colorado, where it's like, hey, they are so good. They're, there's so much chemistry. They've played together world-class talent, and Ottawa certainly has world-class talent, but you also just recognize that teams scout this, and if you're not willing to, a lot of times, here, you don't even have to switch up the players on the power play. Where you have to, What you have to do is switch up where they're playing. Because obviously when it becomes so deliberate on everything you're trying to do, not to mention we keep going back to, you know, nobody feels like there's a hammer on that Ottawa power play. So you're not playing it that way. People are being very aggressive on them now and you have to make adjustments. That that happens on any, well, it's in any sport for that matter, but in a good power play, uh, that's what the good teams are going to do. They're going to scout you and they're going to certainly tactically come at you differently on the penalty kill. So uh, three lineup changes last night from the uh, loss in Vancouver on Saturday. So Kelly and Goche came in up front, and Brandstrom came in on the back end for Holden. And then as soon as that happens, boom. You get two injuries. Matthew Joseph and Thomas Shabbat both left the game last night uh, with lower body injuries. There was no update from DJ Smith after the game, so uh, we don't know yet. Maybe we'll find out uh, today or in all likelihood uh, tomorrow if one or both uh, are... Uh, shorter term or longer term, but uh, the injury bug starting to bite now a little bit on the Sens as well. And uh, a fair number of texts have already come in this morning saying the Sens are a better team without Thomas Shabbat, the way that he's playing right well, now. Well, I, 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 again, I, I know that people deep down, you don't feel that, Jer, but strangely enough, uh, again, I've been a fan of Brandstrom's play this year. Uh, yeah, my bigger, not bigger worry, but we go back to, my gosh, by the time you take Joseph, and that's like Joseph's having much of a year, but by the time you put Goche and Kelly in and, and whatever you have left, like that bottom six 
you enter right back into the zone of I don't expect them to score because there's no historical oh. reference that there's any of them can goals. score. I did, yeah. I did the yeah. math la- at yeah. the early part of last oh, okay. week. 18 yeah. goals yeah. on the season. And that's Austin the Watson. Bottom six. What's Austin Watson? And Austin Watson has seven of them. <laughs> He'd be the guy normally you'd think would have zero. Yeah. No, and, and he's so, got seven of the 18. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, again, as I said, though, I, I wouldn't even put any negative pressure on that because that's what those players are. Like, as you go through play by player by player, I mean, Brown comes over. He has two goals. Goche comes in. Well, you'd ha- you'd think Joseph would have more than three goals. Oh, oh no, 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 for sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, taking him out. Um, but in the case of Brown, hey, uh, two goal score. Uh, Goche is what he is. You know, Sparker Kelly. Uh, you go through the group, and then that's where really, to me, I keep going back to the bullseye, quite simply, and I let Pinto off the hook. But hey, the second line when it comes to five on five, Drew Stutzland and and Kachuk have been unbelievable. But man, oh man, do you need a lot more from DeBrinket and Batherson? It just you're not going to go anywhere in this tough tough stretch of games unless all of a sudden the power play completely ignites or that line somehow gets going. And and what makes me, I guess, disappointed is the mistakes and at times a lack of effort between Batherson and DeBrinket. I, I just some of the body language on there I'm I'm not a big fan of. All right, some uh, texts. Many have come in. Uh, many, uh, by the way, uh, if you weren't with us in the first hour, we're having some problems with our text machine. So if you're getting tons of bounce, if you did, if you did text us and you're getting ten uh, replies, we apologize for that. We're attempting to rectify it. Many of the uh, you know texts, Hammer did something yeah, right on purpose. Good point by right? you. Is he just trying to sabotage, make Maddie look bad? But we're uh, not going to have any of that. No, it's Hammer's fault, even if he's not here. So about ten uh, percent of the texts are getting through <laughs> this morning, but those ten percent are all following a uh, similar theme. Uh, seems like the Sands are waving the white flag that comes in from unsigned uh from the farm team uh question for you guys in your honest opinions what do you think should be done with the brinkat in the offseason if signing him is the answer what's the number if trading him is the answer what kind of return should be expected personally he's a player i would move on from that's from the farm team uh, you know what, farm team, I, I would want to be under the hood to figure out why the pace of play uh what has happened uh, you have an excellent player, and your fear is, and if you're a good organization, you solve your problems versus moving them on and going on and play somewhere else. Uh, I think it would be incredibly naive, unless, unless all of a sudden the agent and player, Jerry, have gotten nervous. Um, I don't think eight times eight, I don't think, I don't, you know, Pooley mentioned in the sevens, I don't think you're getting a phone call from Jeff Jackson back if you're going under eight million a year. So that's where it's sitting right now. Um, I'd like to think that, hey. You would could, you do eight times eight? Uh, I, I I probably would lean towards it, chair, and the only reason I'm going to say that, unless you just want to cash out, you're not going to recover. I think you'll get a first-round pick, possibly, um, but again, what what's the other team on the other side? If it's just going to be one year at $9 million, what are you getting back? So the question would be, is there a Matthew Kachuk situation out there, which is really difficult to end up doing? So as it sits right now, um, I still believe he's a young player, I still believe that there's a lot more there, so I, I would still lean towards signing him. Uh, but man, it's it's really been been interesting, and he certainly has not been the value of nine million dollars this year. What would you end up doing? <laughs> it's re- it's really really tough. I would explore the I I would explore the market. Yeah, yeah, for, in, sure, uh, for sure. In the yeah. summer to see to to see what. But you there. would agree he'd have to be on a contract extension to really because this is the other part of and and I understand if people don't or if he doesn't want to extend. You know, the $9 million for one year, you know, okay, he comes back to Ottawa next year. Well, chances are he walks out the door the following summer. And if you do flip him out, it, it's still a major hole in your hockey club, right? I mean, you still, oh, yeah. he's still very much part of the solution. But as I said, this is when you go back to the draft and talking to other teams. 
this is why there was not a lot, you know, not a lot of comfort is that, hey, teams are looking at this and realizing this is $18 million in the next two years, and I've got no control of what this player is going to do necessarily. And that scared a lot of teams off. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree. Like at this point, I don't know how, well, an agent can, can go to a team and say anything. Um, but legitimately how you could go to the Sens and say, okay, we want, or we deserve, maybe that's a better question. We deserve eight times eight and a half or eight times nine or whatever, based on the salary structure of the team. Right. Like. You can't tell me for a second that Alex DeBrincat's a better player than Tim Stutzla. Yeah, no, for right? sure, for or sure. Or Brady yeah. Kachuk, for that matter. Right? Uh, if you if you want to if you want to make an argument that he's right in and around like Josh Norris is essentially an eight million dollar a year player, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I I I'd have some time for that argument, yeah. but uh, not for the uh, like. I just everything is in every 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 contract is negotiated in its own silo. I understand mm-hmm. that, and it's not incumbent upon the player just to say because player X took took that uh you know i need to be under him they don't have to do anything but in terms of the salary structure of the team that would be a tough one for me to swallow yeah. to make yeah. him the highest paid player on and the team. in the case of to it I, again this is part of what i'd like to know jerry i know he's a better hockey player i've seen a better hockey player this year we certainly saw a better hockey player in chicago i'd like to know as to why that isn't happening and and again it's not who he's playing with individually he has enough where he should be able to make a difference so yeah, those are some of the things you kind of ask yourself as to, yeah, what is happening. And and I also don't feel like, and, and I, I wouldn't say a scare thing, you know, when the Sens moved on from Matt Duchesne, I was like, okay, go do your thing. Like, I, I you know, and, and he's a bit older. Bobby Ryan, when they signed him, I could tell where that was going. Like I said, I still feel like this is a very young man, and I still feel like there's a hell of a hockey player. And there is no doubt if he goes somewhere else on a one-year deal next year that I'm sure he's going to light it up. And he may light it up for you on a one-year deal too. You know, I'm sure there'll be all the different kind of thoughts on the table. Not to mention, you keep bringing up the forward progress, and well, next year needs to be the year. Uh, if you remove him from that, uh, like I said, you you still are touch and go. Uh, outside of a Ridley Gregg graduating, which he's not going to be Alex to bring it, um, you're still very thin in the forward group after the top four or five guys. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's where you know fixing uh, the the bottom six. And whether that is a, okay, Norris comes back, Pinto becomes the third line center. Um, we'll see what happens with Alex Formanton. That's a giant question mark yeah, at this, yeah. at this stage, right? Going forward. But, uh, and then Ridley Gregg comes in, comes into things as well. You, you could, you see the formation of a, of an effective third line oh, that should time. be able to get yeah. you a few more goals than, uh, than what you get. And, and therefore the, the players, some of the players that are maybe on the third line, like I guess Matthew Joseph at this mm-hmm. point, maybe go to the fourth line at that and, and maybe given their production, that's uh, that's more where they should be as well. So you could see how yeah. even you know even the the trickle down effect of Norris being out right now. And if you do you know if Norris comes back and Debrinkat is back is back next season, but it's all dependent as well on health and not and you know every team has injuries, yeah. but it seems like Ottawa never seems like it has the depth yeah. to overcome yeah. the injuries that well, it has. And we've exhausted it. But you go back to the swing of Paul to Joseph in the sense of. Joseph was really good when he came over, and he hasn't been. And he also now at $3 million don't want a guy like that on the fourth line. But certainly the swing of Brown and Formanton, I mean, that's huge. I, I mean, Alex Formanton's situation and how this all plays out, JR, this guy was trending towards being a excellent, you know, possibly top six player. He all of a sudden introduced that to the group along with a Ridley Gregg, a healthy Norris. Well, that you're talking about a completely different ball game on your top nine when healthy. Uh, okay, uh, more tax. Sends or toast. Start next season with a new coach and new owner. Uh, bu- 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 um, 
Guy said it all along. Shabbat is overrated. The guy also appears to never learn from his mistakes when I hear him talk about flushing a bad game on or reach through my TV or radio and strangle him. <laughs> from a sign. Wow. That's violent. That is. Hopefully you don't put your name to that. Yeah. Dr. Bob needs it to demand a refund. Oh, Dr. Oh, Dr. Bob, for the, those that don't know, regular caller of the postgame show, is on the road for 60 games, I think he yeah, said, and wow. he's driving uh, to the road games. And he was dry. Was he driving through all the, I know oh, he was driving absolutely. to Seattle. No, absolutely. So he drove from yeah. Vancouver to Calgary to well, get to the game last I, I'm night? I'm assuming if, it, if it's his own vehicle, he'd want to have it home with him. That's a long ass haul. <laughs> oh man, JR. In that, 24 that, hours. I'll tell you what as well, that mountain pass, I've did that a few times. Uh, through Kamloops and down to Vancouver, yeah, it's all of a sudden. And you talk about losing energy and excitement. Um, now you're like, do I really need to do that Edmonton trip, or should yeah. I start heading, <laughs> book it, and start heading home? Where does Doctor Bob live in Leamington? Is that where it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah, which okay. is down yeah. near yeah. Windsor. Yeah. Chris in yeah. Canada writes, "Never mind the power play, an absolute mess defensively. Five on five. Where's the coach? That's from Chris in Canada." Mm-hmm. Uh, morning guys the team's inconsistent play is simply because the coach doesn't prepare his team properly no excuse with the players we have to put up efforts like that the last couple of games shorthanded goals in three straight new ownership can't come quick enough hashtag fire dj what a difference a week makes oh my goodness (laughs) Uh, think about it a week ago a week ago today they were three i believe three points out of the playoffs uh and ninth place overall (laughs) going into (laughs) chicago everybody said that's two points (laughs) Can you, the Sens will be a point, but depending on the out-of-town scoreboard, a point back. And here we are a week later, and everybody's wanting to fire the coach. I, I can't even imagine the emotion of Pierre Dorian. Like, you go to the summer where you're just all around the golf tournament there and getting pitchers, and season starts, and nobody wants to talk to you. Then last year, you must have, or last week, must have had more friends than you can count, right? You're the smartest person ever. And well, think about it. All of a sudden, a week later, like, it, it is, an, I think, you know. And it was also funny, because you commented a week ago Boy, I thought DJ Smith would be more, way more excited. I think he's been at this long enough to realize that <laughs> your friend, not sustainable. the friends that you have today yeah. are not necessarily around tomorrow. Yeah. If you think back to the summer, who was getting all the accolade, uh, all the accolades in terms of you know changing the team and doing the like general manager oh, of the summer? Yeah, right? Yeah. It was Pierre Dorian and it was Brad Treliving yeah, in Calgary. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Both those teams played last night. Both yeah. now on the yeah. outside looking in. Both very much looking like their teams respectively will not make the playoffs. Yeah, and and also now I'll say on a positive of Ottawa, like no matter what happens in your year, but my oh my, when you look at Huberto to Cadre and. I, yeah. I, is, 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 we, is, is Uyghur considered to be having a real good year, Jer? Because I was looking I at his even strength scoring as yeah. well. An- analytically, he's having oh. a very good year. Okay. But okay. Uh, okay. points-wise and numbers-wise, for a guy who put up good numbers, I think he was 40-plus points in Florida last year. Yeah, yeah the numbers haven't been well, there. And they, quite simply, they really have very little in their system. And we're talking about now much older players yeah. on, on huge They tickets. only have depth players. They have yeah. good depth players, but depth players. Yeah. They don't have any stars. No deep uh, depth. No deep depth. Uh, bu- 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 uh, hey, Maddie, leave me off the invite list for your next party, bud. Like Simmer, I like my brisket meaty. That comes from... Yeah, I, did, I just, you know, there's some, there some things there that, like, yeah, I'd like to be noted. Like, these are those parties that I want to be notified about the menu. I don't really need to show up, like, with this. What What is it called again, Mary? It's jackfruit. And uh, we had another text that I saw come in uh, just talking about... Fellas, pulled pork with jackfruit instead is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Any anything well, you that's put, meat. Yeah, exactly. No, no, <laughs> like pulled pork, but made with jackfruit instead of pork. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can get it. It's well, why mention the pulled pork part? 
Be- because that's the equivalent. But jackfruit is by far the best um, vegetarian substitute for meat I've ever had. Okay. I usually really can't handle the texture of it. That's the, what bugs me the most. And, well, now, and Chelsea, I'm pulling, now I'm pulling my jackfruit apart for pulled pork. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, Jesus. No, it works. It works way better than what you time, would think. Be, Don't knock it till you try. Be it, honest Simon. with us. What time did you order pizza? <laughs> <laughs> there is no pizza required. No, come on, like seriously. No pizza oh. required. Okay. Jackfruit means jack squat to me. That's all I know. Seven forty-one. We'll take a break. Keep the text coming. Twelve twelve hundred standard message. Great supply. You can tweet at us at TSN twelve hundred. Sense fall five one in Calgary. They have now lost three of the four on the road trip. And moving on to face the Edmonton Oilers coming up tomorrow night right here on Sports Radio, TSN 1200. This is TSN 1200. Welcome back, 750, Monday morning. J.R. Simmer, Matty Valls is in for Hammer, who's off this week. Quick text comes in at 121200 from uh, the farm. Any news on uh, from Hammer yet? Did he make it safely to Florida? Did he get carjacked? Uh, during one of his well-planned family nap breaks at the truck stop, did all the tires stay safely attached to the minivan? Is he incarcerated for one of his all-too-familiar road rage outbursts? All great questions. Yeah. Uh, Hammer has uh, been in contact. He did make it. Looks like they made good time down to Boca. Uh, and uh, tweeted out some pictures yesterday of some nice bright sunshine and warm weather down in FLA. So, yeah. So far, uh, halfway done, and he's made it down. Yeah. Uh, and really, that's the, the coming back. That that part is well. I'll get back when I get back. Yeah, it's the going down there on time that you care about. Yeah, and I, I think it was about twenty four hours, Jr. That he uh, tweeted out a picture. Had they just hit the Florida, like just think so. crossed into Florida? Yeah, and then you realize, man, it's uh, that's like another you kinda, five hours. Yeah, you're not home. You no. know, I think it's almost closer to seven from the top of Florida, but. Whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, made good time. Pretty sharp little minivan he had going too. Some mag wheels. Oh man, yeah. some high end. And the stuff extra there. money. Yeah, and uh, then but- he also tweeted out a picture last night. Uh, looked like he was dipping into some of the finer little Jameson action. Mm, discount right? liquor. Oh, exactly. Bob writes first round pick is top five protected. Right, <laughs> seems pertinent. Suddenly, that comes from Bob. Oh, it Bob, is Bob. It, yeah, Bob. It's hilarious. It and I, I made the comment a week ago. Ah, oh, you're not even worrying about the first round pick at this point, and you're not worrying. Uh, but I think they are. 21st in the league right now, so yes. would be picking, is that 12th by my calculation? If they can move into the, if you're not <laughs> going to make the playoffs, then you want to be in the top, in the bottom 11, because again, under the new ra- way the uh, lottery w- rules work, uh, it's basically two draws yeah. for the two top spots. Per- it's all based on percentage, mm. but you can't move up more than 10 spots. So, i.e., you have to be 11th or uh, the 11th worst team or worse yeah. to have a shot at the top pick. So the Sens... And all you know, there still is about a point zero one chance it'll happen, yeah. but the Sens could still get Connor Bedard. Yeah, and also to that, uh, Arizona. Uh, I wonder what their feeling is of you know, stop well, coaching so well, Andre. Well, yeah, or no, no, no. I meant from the perspective of oh, from probably, the trade. They'd probably like to have Ottawa's pick this year, so they certainly don't want Ottawa. Uh, to move into the top five, they would the preference would be to keep it. Uh, yeah, obviously. Although next year six on. Yeah, although next year it's a it's it's the first round pick becomes totally unprotected, right? That's true. Yeah, I, I, but I. So I would still, you rather have that as Arizona? Uh, I, I would say no because I I do believe Ottawa's on the rise, Jer, and I know you can kind of look at it, but I also think everybody keeps hyping up this draft, right? And and you've also pointed out, which I think is true. Uh, I'd like to have a couple of picks here in that top ten or twelve, and. 
I'd like to grab a hold of the Russian kid as my second pick if I could. You know, if if he does end up sliding at all in the draft. All right, keep the text coming. Twelve twelve hundred. Any more uh, stuff on the jumbo fruit or the whatever? Any pulled pork jumbo fruit? Somebody else was con- as confused <laughs> with you about the pulled pork that doesn't include pulled pork. <laughs> yeah, I just. <laughs> well, it's like call it like cauliflower wings. No, I and then pulled pork with jackfruit instead. Yeah, just, so you just sub sub it in there, and if you're going to do the I, okay. I'll, I'll... I've tried a lot of vegetarian substitutes okay, with my wife okay, being okay. a pescatarian. And uh, I do not like the vast majority of them. Jackfruit, one of the few that's like, you know what? That's uh, that's actually pretty solid. If you're a uh, presca, does that make you a Presbyterian as well, church wise? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you only eat fish at church. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so more on the Sens coming up. And again, Dave Poole and our TSN Hockey Insider will join us uh, in about uh, 10 to 15 minutes from now. He, he was on the TSN uh, television panel last night. Doing the Sens game, so lots of insight from uh, Dave coming up. Jamie Baker, our Sens analyst, uh, after nine. Tons of stuff going on on the weekend. Uh, Brad Gushu, as we mentioned, uh, won the Briar, so he's coming to Ottawa to uh, represent Canada at the World Men's Curling Championship next month at TD Place Arena. So five-time Briar champion will represent Canada, so that's great. And uh, meanwhile, University Basketball Championships were this past weekend uh, out east. The women were in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Uh, the men were in Halifax. Uh, the women won, number one seeded Carlton Ravens, uh, won beating uh, Queens in the final, 71-59, their second national championship in five seasons. So congratulations uh, to them. And then not to be outdone, winning for the 17th time in the last 20 years, the Ravens men's team. Uh, Missed both. Miss both. Killer. So that'll seal it. Warren Holtz will hold. And the Carlton... University Ravens are champions again of 2023. They complete the dynasty three in a row for Taffy Charles and the Ravens. Three for Taffy, four for the Ravens. And I'm not sure about completing the dynasty when <laughs> you've won it's 17. already established. 17 of 20. If they, like, if they hadn't won, uh, was they suddenly, oh, actually wasn't a dynasty when you won 16? Well, the, anu- the announcer's call reminds me of March Madness, the excitement in them. <laughs> well, they were both from out east because oh, okay. I was watching the oh, okay, game okay. Uh, yeah, online yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, they did, they did a fine job. It was a fantastic game. Now, let's also. Double overtime, yeah. 109-104 over St. From Ibex. Taffy's side, though, guys, uh, and I didn't even know it's three in a row. He won the original one with the women, did he not? Correct. So that, yes. that's that got to put you into pretty elite category. Rarified right? air, for sure. And, and I don't even know, like, after Dave Smart, and I, I think, it, did his brother win one as well, or son, or whoever it is? It was his nephew, okay. I believe. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I really don't want to take that job, to be quite honest with you. I mean, there, if you don't win national championships, nobody even talks to you. To take over a program like that, JR, is pretty cool. Now, I know Dave's still involved, but... You don't see that very often, right? Like generally, a, a great coach leaves, and I'll have to look up my UC, UCLA uh, post John Wooden. But this just doesn't happen. Like that, that to me is so cool because you understand what you're getting into. Hey, there's an incredible pressure, and nothing short of a you know second place means absolutely nothing for a program like that. So uh, it's great for Taffy, and great for everybody involved, and great for the men and women. So the five Ravens starters last night played. A majority of the two of them ended up fouling out, but this this is of of all the stats you can glean from the game last night. Yep. They scored a hundred and nine points. Okay, one hundred and seven of them came from the starters. Wow, they only had two <laughs> points off the bench. How did the fella from Canada do? 
Uh, Aiden Warren Holtz had 23. He had the game tying three pointer oh, at the end awesome. of regulation, which was and well, he admitted he was going up trying to draw a foul to shoot, oh, and 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 he didn't get fouled, so he had to do this kind of off balance leaner thing, and he and he made it. You know, he, he, he it was he was good to go. Uh, and then they went through the first overtime, ended up tied. Uh, Saint of X scored with a three pointer with a second left in the first overtime to send it to double overtime, oh. and then they pulled away. Yeah. But he had twenty three. Uh, Connor Vreekin had twenty three. Wazir Latif had twenty three. Uh, so it was the starters that carried the day, and he was the tournament MVP. Was uh, Aiden Warren Holtz from That's Canada? Awesome. So congratulations to him. Third straight, uh, fourth straight title for the Ravens, 17th, as we said, in the last 20 years. And I'll reiterate the stat I said. uh, I mean, you can come up with a million different stats. The one unbelievable one to me in all of this that's going on with the Carlton men's basketball program is the fact uh, not just that they've won 17 championships in 20 years, which means they've been in the championship (laughs) game 17 times. That's that's the number of championship games they've been in. They've won every single championship game they've been in. They've never lost. They're 17-0 when they get to the championship game. That's the craziest of all the stats. Yeah, and those other three years, Dave Smart probably just said, we're not showing up. You know, listen... (laughs) I don't think we got the group here. We're not going to interview it. Now, uh, for, for Aaron Wernholtz, is that how you Aiden. say it? Aiden, sorry. Yeah. Uh, his brother played for the 67s as well. Did I hear that properly with uh, Kenny and Connor, AJ? Connor, yes. I believe yeah. so, oh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. So obviously a very good sports family, and uh, that'll be interesting because uh, I think Kathy did mention, Jer, he is eligible to come back one more year. He right? is. He and Connor Vreekin are the two. Uh, but and, academically, yep. sounds like he's just off the charts. So, yeah. Yeah, what do you say? He was uh, Oh, A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah, I think they were giving him a hard time because he maybe had an A in something. Right. Uh, yeah, not, yes, exactly. not, not an A+. Plus. Yeah. All right, so the Ravens are uh, uh, scheduled to leave uh, Halifax at uh, 10 this morning. We're attempting to hook up with uh, with Taffy Charles to see if we can uh, make it happen. A quick uh, couple of minutes with him before we do that. We'll see if that uh, that happens. But uh, the guys and the girls, for that matter, got to be back in school, right? This is an important part of the school year. So mm-hmm. uh, there is uh, no rest for the wicked. But congratulations to Carlton. is the first school... Uh, since 1985 to win both the men's and women's basketball titles uh, in the same year. So, unbelievable. Great job, as always. It is an unbelievable powerhouse they've got uh, over there off Bronson. All right, 7.59, we'll take a break. Top of the hour news and sports update is on the way, and we're coming back. Dave Poulin is our TSN Hockey Insider. His thoughts on the latest Sens loss as they go over the weekend, uh, losing 5-1 in Calgary after a 5-2 loss in Vancouver. Oh, and again, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers to wrap up the road trip tomorrow night. Dave Poulin joins us next here on Sports Radio, TSN 1200.